local contractors. Don't allow anyone to pressure you into something you may end up regretting. Remember, if you didn't request it, reject it. To report fraud, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. This is a public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we are here. It is Saturday in the studio. I'm Tom King. Merle Kelch joining us today on location. Where are you today? Where in the world is Merle Kelch? <laughs> and I'm not even Carmen San Diego. <laughs> um, we are my uh, lovely bride of one year and I are having an anniversary trip. Uh, we just got away with the, uh, the cheap hotels and trips out there. We are at the La Quintera Resort in Texas. Texas. And that's right. And it is not sunny. It is uh, not 70 degrees. And in I'm, fact, you're expecting some snow this afternoon. Yeah, so I, heard, be I heard just that. Just like home. <laughs> I heard that. You go to te- southern Texas, and yeah, they're expecting an ice and snowstorm. Uh, for b- much of the southern part of the United States. Yeah, nice nice uh, timing there for you. But though we uh, do have to admit it is humorous because we get out of the car and, uh, you know, I'm in a T-shirt when I get out of the, the rental car from the airport. People are like, aren't you cold? We're like, buddy, you have no idea what it's been like at home. This yeah. is nice. Right. right. And, uh, and it was it was 40 degrees yesterday, so. All right, but we are here, and uh, you are available to take questions today. We can conference calls in uh, to you down in Texas, 715-845-2155. And you wanted to mm-hmm. talk about inflation a little bit because the, the markets uh, had a good week. In fact, record highs in all mm-hmm. of the main indexes as we finished the week yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but there are some concerns out there from some some folks, so why don't you talk about those a little bit? Oh, boy, like everybody. You know, I as I went through and I started doing preparation for the show last evening, and as I'm reading it, every article is talking about inflation. Um, I'm doing some work this morning. Everybody's popping about talking about inflation. I wanted to chat about that in a number of different instances. I filled my whole page up full of notes um, as a result of inflation. And so then, as I always do, as I come up with a radio show, I pop up my um, uh, my emails about First Trust and my favorite. Uh, and, I, and I have a terrible echo out here, guys, so I apologize. It's a, it makes me feel like I was back in college again. Um, so with this then, Brian Westbury from First Trust starts talking about you know, what's inflation, what's going on with inflation, how bad it could possibly be. Um, and, and with it, I just want to put some stuff out here. So this is a combination of notes from several articles and from First Trust with uh, Brian Westbury. But um, so, so here are the, the kind of the notes. Um, you may not know the name, Tom, but the, one of the most famous economists and somebody I think is brilliant is Milton Friedman. So Milton Friedman, they call the, you know, the, the father of economics in many instances. But he tells us we want to watch for inflation. We want to watch for what's called M2 money supply. Now, M2 has nothing to do with the military. So M2 has um, uh, everything to do with the amount of money that we have inside of cash, checking accounts, savings accounts, or what they call near cash. And so what Morton Friedman tells us, we want to watch inflation, we watch what's going on with the M2 money supply. Because the M2 money supply is the amount of money that's sitting around. So, again, the classic definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. 
And so that said, between 2008 and 2016, the M1 money supply rose on an average basis of about 6% per year. Um, and with that, um, last year in 2020, our M2 money supply rose at 26.3%. So with that amount of money cash sitting around, um, we had the stimulus that happened inside of December that we haven't spent through yet. And now we have the uh, this potential uh, package coming down the line of the, the $1.9 trillion is set at. Who knows what it finishes up at? But it just really leaves us so that, you know, we, we could potentially have a big problem with too much cash out there and inflationary pressures. We look at what's happening with the 10-year um, notes, um, and we look at what's happening with fuel prices. It looks like we're going to end up having some inflation, folks. And so all of you that want to purchase your home, refinance a house, I suggest you get it done uh, within the next few months before we start having inflationary pressures start popping up. So um, this always kind of comes back to the time, and we've talked about it before here, Tom, and, and that is there always comes a point in time where you're trying to get an economy to grow and you continue to keep expending on unemployment benefits. And I'm not saying that people don't need it, so, so don't, don't uh, take me wrong here. But it always becomes a point in time where you say, if we, if we keep extending this and making it so it's easy for people not to work, that's only continuing to further a problem when we really need people to get back to work. And I almost feel like we're in that situation to a certain degree. When I talk to people I know that are business owners and I see all the help wanted signs all over the place, and people said, well, you know, the unfortunate part is that people are making more money on unemployment right now, especially with the, the boosts that are out and, and the potential boosts to come that they you know don't want to come back and pick up a job, so we have no jobs. And I think in there we're, we're kind of hitting that point again where it almost makes sense for us to say, let's, you know, do we need stimulus coming up? Yeah, probably. Not going to say we're not. But it almost seems as though we need to get through this stimulus that's done and let people naturally go back to work that they want to do and maybe make it to this weekly bonus isn't quite as much so that we have people um, wanting to go back to work versus staying on unemployment. Um, so it's it's always a a measure, and there's no good answer, but it appears as though we're in that place right now. You know, there are some that would argue that um... – even if that is, in fact, the case, and I'm not convinced that it is, but even if, in fact, that is the case. Do we lose you? Oh, you can't hear me now? You can't hear me now? Can you hear me Lord. now? Can you hear me now? I got you. All right. I got you. Um, I'm just suggesting that um, even if that is the case and uh, that people can make more on un- unemployment than they can working, doesn't that say something about what we are paying for some of these jobs. We've, the argument's out there that um, you, you work a 40-hour week, you should be able to pay your basic bills. You should be able to pay rent. You should be able to buy food. You should be able to pay for your your pharmaceutical needs. And that's not the case right now in our economy. Our, our economy, especially at the bottom, um, is not is not working that way. Well, I, I, I can certainly understand that. Uh, and then my conversation here wasn't to go that way. Yeah, as, as a business owner myself, I believe that we should, I should pay my employees a little bit more than all the competitors that are out there so it's for their jobs because otherwise I'm just training my employee for somebody else. Maybe other companies should take on that same type of a model. But, you know, I've, I've never really been a big fan of minimum uh, minimum wage, and here's the reason. Uh, there's a speaker that I've heard long, long ago, and he's now since passed by the name of Jim Rohn, and he said we don't need a minimum wage because the amount you want to earn is already on the scale. 
And if you want to make more money, you just have to make yourself more valuable uh, to the marketplace and you're going to make that money. So if I'm purposely working at a job that whatever, I don't know what the minimum wage is, eight bucks an hour, I believe it's somewhere in there. So I'm working at eight bucks an hour and I think to myself, I'd really like to earn 10. Uh, maybe I should do a couple of things to make myself earn 10. And so I, I've always liked that philosophy. If I'm not cutting it with making the amount of money that I make right now, I should do something different to try to make a little bit more. So good, bad, or different, I've always believed that the, the, the weight you want to earn is already in the scale. You just have to get there. I, I don't think we should take a person who has never had a, a good, consistent work history, didn't finish up with high school and that whole bit, and expect that that person is going to earn a, a, a great wage coming right out of, of high school. I think they need to grow and earn and get their wage up. I've always been a big fan of that way. Um, however, um, I think there's there's going to be issues if we don't have everybody get back to work and we think that the government's going to continue to keep putting them on the dole. That's not going to work for any of us, our kids or grandkids coming up in the future. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle this morning. You know, we've talked about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency a lot on this program, especially especially recently. And now, you know, you've always been uh, saying that uh, you're not a big fan of investing in cryptocurrency because you don't see how it manufactures anything or you, you don't see how there's value there, mm-hmm. that it's all, you know, gambling and 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 speculating. Um, yep. Now we're seeing more and more major companies and banks buying into Bitcoin. Um, you're seeing some major companies and some major financial institutions that have decided that maybe this stuff is for real and we need to get involved. What's your take going forward here on cryptocurrency as yeah, an, as an investment? You know, there's, there's a number of uh, people that are going into buying cryptocurrency and they're buying it as a hedge. Um, they're doing it because it's simply going up, not because they necessarily believe in it. You know, we just saw Elon Musk buy $1.5 billion of cryptocurrency. What's interesting is he bought the 1.5 of cryptocurrency. Then he came out and says, you know, I just bought some crypto coin um, and I like uh, uh, Dogecoin. And the price and, went up. Uh, and the price went up. And so I, I think there's going to be some questions happening to Elon Musk along the way. It's one of those things we just talked about maybe about a month ago, Tom where we said, you know, you can't just go through and start boosting stuff. Remember the whole Carl Icahn thing. What I think is really interesting is there's a name that's out there, and it may not make sense to you, but I'll tell you the rest of it here in a second, Tom. Uh, this comes from an article uh, by uh, Weston Blassie, and uh, it's called Dogecoin Finder says, Crypto's rise is something I cannot, I'm sorry, I can comprehend. So that's Billy Marcus, the co-founder and creator of Dogecoin. Um, in here, he sold the stuff off in 2015, and um, I'm trying to find his exact words in here, but he said, essentially, he says uh, he, he, he can't comprehend why it's going up in value. He doesn't really understand it. He actually built this stuff as a joke to say he could do it, and all of a sudden, now there's an infrastructure coming around it, and it's going up in price, and he said, he's, he said just amazing to me. He said, I don't really own any Digicoin except for what's been tipped to me recently, uh, Marcus wrote in the post, he said, I gave away or sold all my crypto back in 2015 after being laid off and uh, um, dwindling savings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, how, do you, how, do you, I, how do you match that up with some of the other, you know, high flyers, the other apparently smart guys who are saying this is the wave of the future? Get on board or be left I behind. I think they're buying it because it's going up, not because it makes anything. Makes anything. You know, so... This is sort of like the internet stuff for me back in the 90s. 
you know, everybody wanted to buy anything that had anything to do with the Internet. It kept going in price. And every time I would look at it, I'd say, well, how much does it make it for profit? Well, it's not. Okay, so why are we buying this? Well, it's what's happening in the future. It's the new economy. Well, the new economy also has to have profit to it. Otherwise, it can't sustain itself. And we see the same thing happening with Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoin is going up because but, people are buying and selling it. But wait a minute. Not every, obviously, not every Internet stock did well, but certainly some did. I mean, if you would have bought Amazon back then or, you know, uh, Facebook or Twitter or any of the uh, uh-huh. Google, I mean, you'd be sitting pretty right now. Well, most of those companies that you actually said didn't exist yet. Well, I understand, um, but but but, but, I, but you know what I mean. I mean, is, if you if you would have get, yeah. got on the ground floor, you maybe would have missed with some, but you would have hit with yeah. others. But they all had a model to make profit. That's the difference. Microsoft already making profit at every point in time. Um, Amazon uh, was having hints to getting close to profit, much like Tesla's happening right now. Tesla now has uh, one full year of making money, even though their fourth quarter wasn't so hot. They have a year of making money, so now they're playing with their own money at this point. And, and so as a result, so many of those Internet companies that were out there, I'm trying to remember one. I remember it because their advertisement was some guy uh, talking with a sock was the advertisement. Well, that, was, that, that, was, uh, that was like Pet.com or something. It was Yeah, that, yeah something that, like that. They had, and, a, they had a Super Bowl ad with a, with a sock puppet, yeah. Yeah, and so they rose like crazy, never made a dollar, and then they were gone just as fast. It's just uh, amazing how that went. So, so many of those companies were published out there and said, we're going to be great, we're going to be great, we're going to be great, um, and then didn't do anything because they didn't make any money. And so in here, we have to remember that Bitcoin and all these other companies, are uh, Bitcoins like this, they don't make anything. They don't create anything. They don't generate any profit. It's just the amount of money that goes back and forth um, on somebody's agreement to buy or sell it. And it's the only thing that's forcing it up in price. And so eventually, this stuff always comes back to, to roost at some point. Even uh, inside of this article we talked about with uh, Mark, and boy, my screen went blank here, bear with me, um, uh, with Mark Marcus, um, Billy Marcus, I apologize. Um, he said that instantly after he started this thing, bad actors and dark money started going through stuff all over the place. And I think we're going to see that same type of thing popping into here. And then remember, you know, the, these hedge funds and these managers that are buying this stuff, um they're going to sell on an instant. It's going to be the small guy that's been going in or lady trying to make a few bucks. They're going to get clipped. Same thing we just saw in Apple without a game stock. It's going up. I can't predict anything about that, but the volatility is just off the charts. And remember, they still don't make anything. All right, we need to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you I'm going to go down swinging, Tom. If you have a question <laughs> for Pearl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak. Walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to lower your HBP. Event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran or a service member. By giving your extra tickets to Vet Ticks, you'll help America's heroes reduce stress, strengthen family bonds, and create a truly happy memory that will last a lifetime. So when you really want to say thank you for your service, give the experience, give the memory. Vet Ticks. Give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to vettix.org. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, 
HBAC Incorporated Couch and Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we're back here. I'm Tom King in the studio. Merle Kelch joining us on location today, but he can take your questions, 715-845-2155. Before we leave Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, I think there was a story out maybe a couple of weeks ago that for the first time ever, you're going to be able to buy a house and I think buy a car as well using cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So before, as you said, it was traded uh, almost like and in, in didn't really do anything. But now if you're going to be able to use it like cash, uh, does that change the equation? Maybe. You know, there's there's been uh, talk of, and I have not seen that, uh, we have an ATV where you can go to an ATV and it'll cash it'll cash some of your, ATM. your cryptocurrency. Or, I'm sorry, ATM. Um, I apologize. The echo that I have has got me all goofed up here. Um, so in here, it'll allow you to go to the ATM and take some money out and convert your cash from your Bitcoin. So those machines are able to do, and you can go to the store and, and buy some groceries using Bitcoin. But the problem is then, is is where do you use the infrastructure to do the conversion, and where are you using for conversion rate? And what entity is doing that conversion? That's the issue. Because again, the the coin, uh, you know, Bitcoin, for example, is not attached to a bank where you do that conversion easily. And so then, who holds the bank of how many bitcoins that you have? And so there's a whole bunch of difficulty in the middle of that whole. Thing. It's, it's not. It, it's not backed by a government, right? Like the dollar or the yen or the euro, right? I mean. Uh, well, that's 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 both the beauty and the fear of it. Yeah. I mean, the the beauty of cryptocurrencies, you have the ability to have it be portable throughout the course of the world. Um, and that's the beauty of it. And I, I love the idea. I actually love the idea of having that. Um, but at the same time, there's also nobody that's monitoring, regulating, and making sure that's working right. You know, like this, uh, this this poor guy, this engineer's guy, what is it, 260 million of Bitcoin, and he's, he's going to lose it because he doesn't know the password. Well, if we had some sort of entity regulating or watching over it, we'd be able to say, well, we could do something to make sure you get your money, but his money's going to be lost. And you'd not see that inside of a securities or a banking industry. So, so one of the reasons that at least um, uh, Elon Musk from Tesla said that he was going to buy the 1.5 billion of cryptocurrency because he was going to allow so people could buy a Tesla with their Bitcoin. Yeah. And as a result of that, they of course have to have a certain amount of reserve for that for you know being able to buy, exchange, um, all that type of thing as well. The reason they did it. Plus, they said they had some extra cash sitting around. So, so let's see what happens with that. But. If they continue to keep building infrastructure like that, it could make it so it's legitimate, but it's also going to make it so that you're going to have more and more countries and banking systems make a regulation over it. I believe it was India, either last month or the month before, um, said they're not going to allow any Bitcoin um, uh, trading inside of their country. So um, I don't know if I'm wrong and I'm going from memory, uh, but at the same time, regulation is going to make it so that it doesn't have this a blind part of the world that everybody makes it uh, likes it and makes it so exciting. We talked years ago when the internet really started heating up that eventually we were going to go to a cashless society, that all of the money that we used, it was going to be transferred online, whether it be paying bills, whether it be buying things, whether it be uh, taking out loans, whatever the case may be, we would not mm-hmm. use cash anymore. Uh, yeah. With the pandemic, a lot of people have stopped using cash completely. And with websites like, or with apps like Venmo and PayPal, it's made it very easy to do that. Yes. Um, is this the future? And are these companies available to invest in companies like PayPal and Venmo and some of these other things that make uh, the ability to not use cash easier to do? Is that something that you would look at as part of a portfolio? Um, 
So you're asking a question of me personally. Would that be something I'm looking at? Would I use one of these companies that does a conversion? Um, and, and I'd say probably not. Um, and, and here's the reason I say that. Um, I have Cash App. And the reason I have Cash App is is I have uh, we have kids that are in their 30s. And so I can't say, hey, I'll send you a check because they don't know what the hell a check is. Right. You know, so, but the, I have Cash App. And so you, you go on to Cash App, you, you put some money into it, and this is part of that Cash App yeah, society. Yeah, I, I use Venmo, and I would imagine they work basically sure. the same way. Um, yeah. And, and so, so with it, though, I don't know inside of Venmo, but the Cash App, it's like, hey, you want to buy some Bitcoin? You want to do this? So they're doing secondary advertising on the inside. And so I don't know if that's how they're making their money because I don't think there's any money in the transaction part of it. As where if you're going into PayPal, which is a fine organization, by the way, which was co-founded by Elon Musk, um, you know, PayPal, uh, they're, they're taking fees out. And so they're doing stuff more in an old traditional type of banking way, much quicker, more efficient, getting money back and forth. Uh, but they're taking a little bit of a fee out of it. So you got a couple of bucks that you're going to even have to pay um, or accept uh, back and forth or transferring that money in, in different places. So I think they're making money in different places, sort of like Robinhood, the brokerage account. They say you get free trades, but then they're selling you accelerate ancillary um, uh, products uh, as well as uh, selling your information and data different places. So I don't know if these companies are making money as a result of doing the transactions that are as a result of their selling additional products or services as a result of just transferring it. So I don't know if that is a company as of yet. I think if they start making too much money as far as charging rates and that whole bit, there's going to have some sort of regulation because of the, through the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve System and banking systems uh, would be my guess. But what I do love about this is is we have you know companies like Apple Pay. You know Apple has come through and they created their Apple Pay type of a program. Um, what I do like is a lot of these companies are letting you do this stuff and do stuff cashless. And I think if you're doing stuff cashless, it allows you to bring in more revenue. We talked about it a few weeks ago, Tom, and these companies that are using online types of services are, are really, really making it work. And we use our example of Eagles Club and Wassa. You know, our online business that we've done has just been tremendous uh, compared to five years ago where everything was just in cash. Plus it's and like, that's what's really helped us save it. Plus and I think those are the companies that, that are going to make it. Plus, it's like using chips at the casino instead of actual money. Uh, it doesn't feel like you're really spending it. And, it, and uh, oh, sure. people will spend more when they're buying yeah, stuff online yeah. without uh, actually looking at the cash. All right. Yeah. We, we did, yeah, we need to take a break for some news. We're going to come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Home is meant to be our safe place, but heart attacks and strokes don't stay home. Don't avoid the ER out of anxiety. Don't die of doubt. Don't stay silent and don't stay home. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash my account. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King. Merle Kelch on location today, but he can take your questions. 715-845-2155. Hey, Tom. Yeah. We have an article here that uh, we've been having so much fun talking that I haven't had a chance to get to one I've had. There's, you know, every week in, in uh, one of the things I look at is I'll go to marketwatch.com and Usually on Saturday morning, we get ready for the show, and they have a thing called Market Snapshot. And what it does, it gives a, a, a brief of the week. And so it's a, you know, usually if you look at a page, it's about a page size. But this week really hit upon some stuff that I think is kind of interesting because he asked what's driving the marketplace. And I thought, what a beautiful question, especially in today's time. So we look at it as an article by William Watts and Sonny Ho, and Sonny Ho usually has a, a part of this every single week. But uh, so this past week, the, the markets 
um, all inched up at record highs on Friday. The market is closed on Monday because of President's Day. Um, but more importantly, they come around, they said, what's driving the market? And in driving the market, it's kind of interesting because it popped into a nice little microchasm of things that are going on. You know, first of all, the stock market, of course, uh, is higher. And everybody's excited about what's going on with the vaccination rollout. I remember when uh, the Biden administration said they wanted to hit a million vaccines a day. And we had joked about it back then, Tom, that if he doesn't hurry up, the number's going to hit before he gets his plan in place. And we're at that. Um, some 1.6 million that are going inside of arms, at least, um, happened as of as a few days last week. But uh, the vaccination is going in because people think that things are going to continue to keep doing well and going forward. So that stumbles, we could see a big stumble inside the marketplace, too. Quarterly profits and earnings have also uh, impressed analysts. We talked about it before. Corporate profits um, uh, year over year are, are right on point. And though the stock market baby might be a little bit higher on the higher end right now, the corporate profits are holding up the stock prices. And so the stock market isn't you know, this big overbubbled thing that we might actually believe. Um, and so the other part, University of Michigan, our friends in the UP, and I like to pick on our friends in the UP because my wife, as you know, is a UPER. And I say that, you know, they have the consumer uh, sentiment index, and I really don't know because they're all drinking and so far north, they don't know. But on that, um, unexpectedly fell to a six-month low. It dropped off. Uh, so computers, uh, I'm sorry, computer, um, uh, consumer sentiment uh, tended to really drop off in this past week, uh, which I thought was uh, relatively interesting. Why do you so, think that uh, happened? <clears throat> I don't know. I think the I think the vote, quite honestly, has got a lot of people, you know, wondering what the heck's going on with our Congress. And I'm not saying for one side versus the other, but I think the turmoil back and forth has just got people turned off and a bunch of stuff. Um, that's uh, that's just kind of my opinion. Uh, President Biden did say that by summertime we should have uh, 300 million Americans inoculated with the uh, the COVID. And so, in my opinion, in which is pretty consistent what we saw happen with Fauci and others, they said by summertime we should have some stuff pretty normalized as far as our lives go. So with it, we see business really coming back uh, fairly good. Uh, in my opinion, at least from what I've seen, Wisconsin seems to be way ahead of everybody else as far as normalized business. Um, yesterday. Um, I had to put a face mask on, Tom, because I was sitting in a car. I had to talk to somebody 10 feet away, and they made me put a mask on so I could talk to them through a window. I just giggled. Just fine. Um, but as we get the, the mask out here, we get uh, rolling. We see business starting to come back, normalization, and hopefully we get the business going to start sucking up some of this cash that's out there because we really have a, a big demand problem. Um, and we want these products and services, but we're not getting the supply that's built and stuff. You know, if you look at the cost of two-by-fours and plywood, folks, uh, the price is just insane. You know, triple the cost plus um, of what it was, and it's simply because we just can't get it built and get the stuff made and get it out there. So it's just absolutely crazy. But the vaccine should be a big part of it. And then you got to watch the um, interest rates, folks, because the interest rates are starting to go back up. And so, again, as we talked about before, if you have anything uh, you want to get financed, now is the time. If you don't have... I don't think you have six months. I think you have about two or three at best before interest rates start going up significantly. Okay, 715-845-2155, the number to call here. Um, you mentioned the vaccine. What about the percentage of the population that just re- is going to refuse to get the vaccine? I mean, whether you're an anti-vaxxer or whether you have uh, health problems that you think are going to be exacerbated by it, uh, regardless of what the medical people tell you, Um is that going to be a problem for the recovery? Well, they're going, going to get forward? sick. 
there's people who don't get the flu shot every year, um, and and they just get sick. You know, so um, ultimately, I, I think that people who don't want to take it, they're they're going to get sick, and maybe they get sick a second time again from on the strain of it. But uh, their choice. I don't think there's any way we can go through and force them. I, I think if we had the the mortality um, of COVID, which uh, the mortality certainly is worse than the flu, um, uh, but not the worst that we've ever seen any sort of other uh, virus, um, we could maybe do something. But right now, as it is right now, the people who don't want to take it, they're just going to get the flu. I'm sorry, they're going to get the COVID. Let's talk about a particular company that's uh, been affected by the pandemic, maybe uh, more than some other companies have. And I'm talking about Disney and uh, they had some news this week. They came out with their earnings and um, making a lot of money on their streaming service, maybe more successful than almost any other streaming services with the exception of maybe Netflix and Amazon prime. But uh, Disney of course has been hemorrhaging money from their theme park business because the parks have been closed for so long and their cruises, which are not happening. Uh, and yet they're making a lot of money and getting a lot of customers through their streaming service. Uh, yep. What do you, what do you, with the earnings report for, of Disney this week, uh, they're looking pretty good right now, right? I mean, because eventually the theme parks and the cruises are going to come back. Right, right. You know, you look at it, it's some profits improved by $644 million of growth. Um, and uh, largely, it's because of direct consumer businesses, meaning Disney, Disney Plus, exactly what you're saying right now. And and so you look at that, it's like, you know, what a fantastic model. Here's a company that made its business on movies, which you can't see, theme parks, which you can't go to, um, and cruises, which no longer sail. And it had to have a way to come up with it. And they said, geez, we've got this huge backlog of content that's out there and new stuff we can make. we got the studios. Why don't we do it online? And they did it, and they did it better, in my opinion, than Netflix. Um, and they're making money at it. God bless them. you got to love American ingenuity. So now when the theme parks comes in, it's going to continue to add to the bottom line of it. Um, and one of the reasons that, you know, Disney has, has been so good as of late. So I love the idea of the, on-time, the uh, uh, content that goes on. I'd actually joked with a couple of my friends. You know how they have the, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, for example? And I know you watch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. You watch it regularly? Who's your favorite character? Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you name one of, one of them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think we need to have some sort of an online service for, you know, the real people of Marathon County or, or Meriton County, we'd have to say. You know, the real people. Let's say we stream it. Somebody would buy it at some point, especially if you make it entertaining. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. But the streaming services are, are, are the way to go. We've seen... You know, we have the peacock that's out there. Um, so we're going to see that. It's going to come up. I think we end up having streaming services that have commercials built into them where you're still having the commercial rate, but it's streaming, and you don't have to go dial into Channel 9 or Channel, channel oh, 7 of, that we have locally. Some of them have that already. You know, you can you can sure. watch a show with commercials, uh, or you can pay a little bit <laughs> to watch a show without commercials. Yeah, well, same thing is happening with apps. You know, the app for free has got ads. The app that's five bucks doesn't. So it gives us the ultimate choice. That's uh, consumerism at its best, in my opinion. I love it. You know, we talked about uh, Super Bowl advertising in the past and whether or not it it does its job at $5 million a pop or whatever the commercials Mm -hmm. were going for. And there is Kelton Associates, by the way, (laughs) did not buy a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, I I didn't see you guys on there. 
Um, but there was one company that apparently uh, got their money's worth, and that that's this company called Dexcom. And we've talked in the past about uh, medical breakthroughs and medical technology going to be a big driver of the economy going forward and uh, should be a part of your portfolio. Dexcom is a company that makes uh, an app or a monitoring system for people who have diabetes. And we run a we run a PSA on this on this station all the time about one in three people in the country have pre-diabetes. So it is a huge problem and it's going to continue yep. to be a huge problem because let's face it, a lot of people in this country don't eat or drink a proper diet. And uh, so diabetes is going to be a problem going forward. Dexcom, this company has come up with an app to uh, allow you to monitor your blood sugar without pricking your finger every day. And I've got to imagine people who have diabetes that need to do that think this is fabulous that they don't have to yeah, prick their finger yeah. every day. So uh, I would be interested in it, you know, the, uh, the whole idea that we've had in the past of watching for companies who are looking at medical, uh, changing the way medicine is delivered or changing the way healthcare is delivered a big part of yeah. your portfolio. Are there, are there like mutual funds or are, are there funds that are built with that idea in mind and, and, and Absolutely. basically yeah. aimed at yeah. that, at that part of the market? There are funds that are out there, and I can't give the name of the. Obviously, I can't give the name of the mutual funds, but there are what's called healthcare funds, um, or uh, global healthcare funds, where they're doing stuff around the world and looking at new technology that's coming out from a healthcare part of the world, and and and, and they're fantastic stuff to look at. The unfortunate part, the, the good part about them is they they make money. The unfortunate part about them is that they tend to invest inside of companies that don't make it. Um, but they're great funds to, to, uh, to take a look at for technology because they're looking at all the companies that are making this stuff. You know, Tom, if I were to ever go back in life and say, okay, you hit a redo and start over, what I would do is I would get a computer-backed degree with some sort of medical training where I could build components exactly what we're talking about right here. Um, you know, you think about it, even just the, the Apple watches, the watches that measure your pulse and your number of steps, the engineering they go in there are just, uh, it's just phenomenal and fantastic. I love it. You know, I like uh, watches. I'm kind of addicted to them. I don't have any $10,000 watches, folks. But I like watches. <laughs> I think they're cool. And so I was shopping around to get a watch for my wife for her uh, <clears throat> 39th birthday. Uh-huh. That was a few weeks ago. And so I was looking around, and I fell. If you're, you're familiar with a brand, Tag Hour. I am, yes. So thank uh, even though, watch, even though I don't watches. wear a watch, I see the ads. Yeah, well, they've now come out with um, a watch system that, you know, same type of quality they've already had, except it's got digital components in it. And just like you said, now, this is stuff that's been around, but this is an everyday wearing watch, and it measures your heart rate, your steps, your beats per minute. It puts all this stuff inside of a watch. So it looks like the, the normal watch that, uh, you know, us guys like with all the cool buttons and stuff on it except it's got little small buttons or numbers on the bottom of it, and it's got the pulses in the back, and it measures what's happening with the side of your health. So I think the smart watches that we've seen, the watches coming up, this type of technology, this stuff is going to continue to keep coming around, folks. Isn't the next, you can buy watches right now that check your blood pressure. Isn't the next it's going to be uh, personal health care. The next step of that technology, though, is the implanted chip in your wrist that has all of your medical information and uh, can do all of that, and, and not you don't have to worry about losing it or breaking it or getting it stolen. Well, I think that type of technology is already there. I'm not sure that I like it, but, uh, but I think that technology is actually right. there already. All right. We need to take a break. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. 
Now, this day. Here's Chris Connolly. Consider how much we know about Charlie Brown and Snoopy and all the Peanuts characters. We learned about them one comic strip at a time. On this who saw Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up, do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa.gov. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBAC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, HBAC Incorporated, Kelchner Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we're back. I'm Tom King in the studio, and Merle Kelch is on location today. You know, uh, uh, yesterday, I believe, or maybe it was Wednesday um, or Thursday, uh, became the first day when uh, the IRS will start taking tax returns and tax forms. Mm-hmm. Um is there anything that you should do as you're meeting with your tax man and getting your taxes all put together here before April 15th uh, from an investment standpoint? Anything you should look at uh, with your tax forms as far as investing goes at this point in time? Well, usually this is the time of the year we, we start talking about people who watch for capital gains as you paid um, uh, last year. So, for example, folks, if we have um, mutual funds that are not inside of IRAs or Roth IRAs or 401ks, but you just own them in a retail account. Uh, they've got capital gain distributions that happen every year. And the capital gain distributions this year, they, they appear to be a little bit lighter than normal, if I have my opinion at least. And so with that, we usually tell people, you know, watch your capital gains because you may want to make some adjustments for next year. But I have this feeling that the capital gains that happened in 2021 are going to be relatively high if we have some profits that are taken as a result of the stock market run-up we've seen happen so much in 2020. So with that, you may want to chat with your financial advisor and say, how am I doing um, uh, with my investments as some of the capital gain distributions happen? Particularly, folks, it appears though that the Affordable Health Care Act is going to continue going forward. So if we have the, the new cutoffs, and I don't even know if the, the new cutoff has, has been calculated, Tom, yet if you know or not, uh, but I know it's like 63, 64,000 right in there. But if you make over that, you don't get the credit to your um, Affordable Health Care Act uh, insurances to so keep your premiums down. And so that might be a thing we want to take a look at throughout the course of this year. If you were close and you got some of those types of funds, you may have to make some adjustments out of it to take care of your portfolio a little bit. So that's the, the, the biggest one that I have. Fortunately, it looks like you know business owners are going to have to see what's happening with the, PP, uh, the PPP, whether or not they're going to be able to write it off or get a write-off or have to include it in taxes. And, and see your CPA on that stuff, certainly. Um, but for most of us, the stimulus check that we get, they're not going to be a taxable event one way or another. So, uh, Tom, if I can switch gears a little bit, I hope I answered that question. Yeah. But there's a, an article by Barbara Colmar says, now I, I'm required to read it this way, by the way, by our compliance department. I know they're going to laugh when they read this next week. This fund manager's top 2020 picks returned an average of 170%. He's betting on these companies for 2021. I have to say that because it sounds like ridiculous radio voice. So you know it's not true. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the rate of return. 
But it's, it's the reason I, I looked at this when I was doing this article time, I popped it up because it not only pops up some stuff we talked about today, but some stuff we talked about last week, too. You know, so last year, of course, his money was all the expected companies, all the uh, individuals, you know, uh, Internet-based companies, stay at home, that type of thing. But for next year, um, he's looking at things such as DraftKings. Remember, we talked about online gambling. Right. Uh, he said it's in its infancy. Um, and he said, uh, you know, he's had some of the shares, DraftKings, for example, is up 335% this year. He's looking at DraftKings because he thinks it's one of the, the biggest things going up. He also, another one he says in there, is Penn National um, as a result of it. So those are some of the things that he's looking at for next year. He also likes um, a uh, online payment services like Square D, as we just talked about now. So. Tom, you're in the know. <laughs> sell the well, house, leverage it, invest in the stock market. You'll retire next year. I probably should have uh, invested in DraftKings <laughs> instead of played fantasy football on DraftKings because, yes, uh, they took some of my money. Uh, as well, part that's of, awful nice of you. I, I understand that, yeah. And uh, Square D, that that would be the what basically the same thing as Venmo or one of those services like that? Um, that- I think they go a little bit deeper. Um, Square D, of course, you can do the online payments, but Square D has also done the uh, small credit insurance. So if you buy something, say, on Facebook, um, you can buy an insurance with them to make sure the product's not broken, that type of thing. So they're they're going a little bit deeper into it. So they're going uh, more into some of the regulatory things we talked about before. Uh, but I think they're a pretty good organization. I don't know a lot about them. I have used some of their products, and I bought stuff uh, on Facebook, something that was used. Um, and uh, I can't say anything bad about them. Um, I don't say invest them, but I think they're they're going down the right path. All right, well, we're just about out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, actually Monday is President's Day. You're going to be gone, I would imagine, yet. So uh, I will be in the office bright and early on Wednesday morning. All right. Uh, but uh, our staff will be there, certainly. They can give us a call at the office, 715-849-3600. Um, stop on in the, I'm sorry, toll-free outside of the Los area, 866-355-5100. Or you can stop in at 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street for a cup of coffee or find us online at Kelson Associates. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, my friend. Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. We've got the news on the way. The Polka Show is coming up and a Badger hockey this afternoon. The Badgers facing Michigan, and you can hear that game right here, pregame show at 1230 on WSAU.